The one who had called out was Henry Miners, morning superintendent of the Sunday school and conductor of the men's Bible class, held in the lecture hall on Sunday afternoons. The other was William Price, usually styled Willie Price, secretary of the same Bible class and son of Titus Price, the afternoon superintendent. I'm sure you don't deserve that prize. Let me see if it isn't too good for you. Miners smiled playfully down upon Agnes Tellwright as he idly turned the leaves of the book which she handed to him. Now, do you deserve it? Tell me honestly. She scrutinized those sparkling and vehement black eyes with the fearless calm of infancy. Yes, I do, she answered in a high, thin voice having at length decided within herself that Mr. Miners was joking. "'Then I suppose you must have it,' he admitted, with a fine air of giving way. As Agnes took the volume from him, she thought how perfect a man Mr. Miners was. His eyes, so kind and sincere, and that mysterious, delicious, inexpressible something which dwelt behind his eyes— these constituted an ideal for her. Willie Price stood somewhat apart, grinning and pulling a thin, honey-coloured moustache. He was at the uncouth, disjointed age, twenty-one and nine years younger than Henry Miners. Despite a continual effort after ease of manner, he was often sheepish and self-conscious even as now, when he could discover no reason for such a condition of mind. But Agnes liked him, too. His simple, pale blue eyes had a wistfulness, which made her feel towards him as she felt towards her doll when she happened to find it lying neglected on the floor. "'Your big sister isn't out of school yet,' Miners remarked. Agnes shook her head. "'I've been waiting ever so long,' she said plaintively. At that moment a grey-haired woman, with a benevolent but rather pinched face, emerged with much briskness from the girl's door. This was Mrs. Sutton, a distant relative of Miner's. His mother had been her second cousin. The men raised their hats. "'I've just been down to make sure of some of you slippery folks for the sewing meeting,' she said, shaking hands with Miners, and including both him and Willie Price in an embracing maternal smile. She was short-sighted and did not perceive Agnes, who had fallen back. "'Had a good class this afternoon, Henry?' Mrs. Sutton's breathing was short and quick. "'Oh, yes,' he said. "'Very good indeed.' "'You're doing a grand work.' "'We had over seventy present,' he added. Mm? she said. "'I make nothing of numbers, Henry. "'I meant a good class. "'Doesn't it say where two or three are gathered together? "'Oh, but I must be getting on. "'The horse will be restless. "'I've got to go up to Hillport before tea. "'Mrs. Clayton Vernon is ill.' Scarcely having stopped in her active course, Mrs. Sutton drew the men along with her down the yard, she and Miners in rapid talk. 
Willie Price fell a little to the rear, his big hands halfway into his pockets and his eyes diffidently roving. It appeared as though he could not find courage to take a share in the conversation, yet was anxious to convince himself of his right to do so. Miners helped Mrs. Sutton into her carriage, which had been drawn up outside the gate of the schoolyard. Only two families of the Bursley, Wesleyan Methodists kept a carriage, the Suttons and the Clayton Vernons. The latter, boasting lineage and a large house in the aristocratic suburb of Hillport, gave to the society monetary aid and a gracious condescension. But though indubitably above the operation of any unwritten sumptuary law, even the Clayton Vernons ventured only in wet weather to bring their carriage to chapel. Yet Mrs. Sutton, who was a plain woman, might with impunity use her equipment.